Welcome to another episode of Fuck Your Feelings. I'm your host, Brunson. I got my fellas here, Smitty, a.k.a. Juicy Smollett. I got Jeff over there, a.k.a. Jay Knowledge. What's going on, fellas? Uh, I have a correction. My name is Juicy Smollett. Yeah, Oh, but what's good? Y'all good? I'm good. I am good. All right. Well, let's get into this, man. So it's been a busy uh, couple of weeks since we last talked. And, you know, been hearing a lot about that Jay-Z situation, man, with the NFL. Let me, you know, I love Jay. You know, a hero did a lot of great things in the community. First hip hop billionaire, free meat, donate money here and there. But uh, let me know what y'all feeling about this one. Well, the first thing about Jay Z, okay, so when the NFL thing happened, they say he's going to combine. And then I seen his interview where he's talking about like saying we're past kneeling. I think a lot of people are actually upset about him saying like we're past kneeling, even though people are still kneeling. Uh, the biggest thing that that is kind of funny is like people saying like cap doesn't have a job and he said it too he's like not about cap having a job but it's more of like and if that was the case then you'll be like you have to just get mad at every single quarterback or any every any type of player going into nfl and say oh cap could have did that but there's just another job so cap got cap got money from the nfl jay-z's gonna get money from the nfl Frankly, I don't know how the NFL, which is nothing but an entertainment company, is going to stop the issues that black people are facing in America. Black people are still getting shot by the cops unarmed. And I don't know how the NFL is going to stop or prevent that. Because they're saying they're only going to do is a a social justice awareness. And I'm like, okay, well, we don't need awareness because it's already on everywhere. It's on the news. It's on social media, so we don't need that. And then he's talking about, and then that what the really thing I think it's about is about Jay Z just getting money. You know, he's going to be responsible for the entertainment at the Super Bowl and the entertainments for the NFL. And it's just something that NFL knows that they need to get their black viewers above because I am still boycotting the NFL. So, but I think this is just something that, you know, white people look at. Jay Z as oh we need black people to come back oh, who's a big influencer because that's what you you need in today so who's a big influence Jay Z we'll say we'll partner up with Jay Z and then if we partner up with Jay Z then people will be like oh yeah well Jay Z's with them so yeah I'm gonna go with NFL so that's my spiel on Jay Z what about you Juicy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I have a different, I have a a similar approach, but, but this is what I got to say. So it all starts from Diddy trying to buy an NFL team, right? Mm -hmm. So Diddy's been trying to get into the NFL because the people don't notice, but the NFL owners are all white. Mm -hmm. No. And uh, and I think I think any foothold for an African American businessman, entrepreneur, rap icon, 
to get into that space puts him at the table, right? So, you know, now that he he is um, in in the space with with these owners, yeah, he's doing entertainment and stuff like that, but they can't coordinate. You know, they got entertainment at every game. So if he's responsible, that they got to have him at the table. And it's just, I think it's more of that kind of what the what the the domestics played in the civil rights movement. Jay Z is trying to play at the NFL, right? Like, let me show you that black people can be successful uh, up front, and we, we are legit business folks. So you're more willing to sell us one of your teams and put us at the table for real. And so I think his 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 strategy is a smart one. You know, we you know it started if you take the civil rights move a little bit and you take and talk about the domestics. It started with the the maids and the butlers and and serving in houses that gave gave white America more comfortable um, space with with the civil rights movement. Like, oh, you telling me my my maid got to walk all the way down here, or my maid got to do this, you know? And that they became you know they became the black domestic became part of that family. And I think Jay Z is working his way in at at that at that at that level to say okay well when you're talking when i'm talking i'm around you all the time you're more inclined to be like you know what i'm willing to sell my team to you because i know you and now you're in versus him being on the outside providing doing entertainment now he's kind of inside the circle where we need we're trying to get so I think his strategy is very, very tactful. Like I think he's very strategic with with this move, um, regardless of what it is. If, if even if he doesn't um, bring forefront the issues, his his strategy is very strategic. Yeah, I mean, I I personally agree. I guess my whole thing is, I mean, let's wait and see. I mean, I think everyone is so quick to, you know, bring him in front of the gallows, make him walk the plank, and it's just like, all right, man, what has Jay done to lead us astray before? Has he not donated millions of dollars to victims of police brutality or shooting? Did he not do the Khalif broader documentary? Did he not help McMill? Does he not send attorneys to these other people? Um, wasn't, he part also, of gender, wasn't he a part of gentrifying in New Jersey when he brought the Nets to Brooklyn? I, but I mean, well, not New Jersey. It would have been different. But I mean, he's also like Jay Z owned a fraction of a fraction of the New Jersey Nets, and he was more of a he was a more of a a, a face than anything for Brooklyn. And even he kind of made comments, and even in his album on the four 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 album, you know, he just talked about like deals he made that was like, okay, well, you know, that wasn't in the best interest of what I was trying to do at the time. I just thought it was something. You know that was cool. That made me some money, but it, you know, looking at the overhaul, the long picture, it was something I should have done different. I mean, in this instance, he he is a businessman, right? Like we know he's a businessman, so there's no sense of you know that having that aspect not be a part of it. Like, of course, like yes, he, he owns an entertainment company, and he should at the, at some point make that about making music and making money and 
we all, or those who have watched the entertainment for the Super Bowl the last couple of years and any NFL game in particular has been really bad. So, you know, I mean, give him a chance. That's all I'm saying. Like, let him see what he can do. In a year or so, if nothing has changed, we're going to be like, all right, well, cool. Jay, that, wasn't, that wasn't a good look. But as yeah, but you're, fan, saying giving them, you're saying giving them a chance based on the entertainment. No one doubts that you bring Jay-Z on and Rock Nation to entertain the fans during the halftime Super Bowl. No one's doubting that. Well, I'm not saying just entertainment. I'm saying give him a chance in regards to the social justice platform that he is implementing with his team. I mean, already he had one for the kickoff in the NFL. The Rock Nation team came to a local Chicago um, youth center, which is in the heart of west side of Chicago, which is the heart of gang violence. It's all kind of criminal activity where these kids are constantly in the fight for their lives just to even go to school. And they've already came out. They did donations. They spoke with the kids. They did a mentorship program. He held a concert for the kids. Um down here in Chicago. I mean, granted, it was also the start of the NFL season. So, I mean, it, it was going to coincide. But, I mean, give it a chance to see yeah. what... How did, so just, all, that imp- all that stuff that he did, how does that help social justice? Well, how does it not help the youth that got to be afraid to walk to school who are fear of gun violence with donations to help them have a mentor, have a, a prime black example to look for to see, hey, I want to have a career in the music industry. Or had that donation to help them pay for colleges, help them pay for school uniforms, help them pay for school utensils. Like yeah, that's all. That's that all good. How does that help social justice? How does that not? You now give it that to doesn't a help platform social justice to speak, try to change it. You give you yes. It's good that you're giving uh, youth, black people, black kids opportunities and see what else is out there. That doesn't address social injustice in America. Let's see, that's, that's giving the kids a chance, a platform to start getting their voice to let the world know what injustice happens to them in their own community. He's given uh, a he's given a Juan McDonald. So his injustice kid. system is to help other people talk about their injustice. That's what you're saying. What I'm saying right now is we don't know what his, his plan is because we haven't given them a chance to get to his plan. Well, we qualified the man before he even got there. Well, he's actually already started donating to a company that makes you want to cut off your dreads, making kids cut their dreadlocks. Okay. I guess I guess that's what we have to do. We have to conform. Hey, who who knows what he wants us to do? Who know what? Have you heard a plan from him yet? No, there's. I have not heard about. I just heard all the thing I heard was he donating to a school or a program that requires kids to cut their dreads, and he's starting a clothing line with the NFL. I don't know how any of that is going to solve the injustice system. We don't know that that it's not. We don't know what that donation plan was and what the criteria for them receiving that donation was. That donation could have been to say, hey, we don't have that requirement anymore that youth have to cut their hair or their hair has to be a certain length. That's, that could have been a part of that. We don't know because we ain't got a chance to let the man speak. All we did we went straight to the gallows because it was like, oh, NFL bad, so now we got he partnered with the bad people. Life Smitty said, it's good to have a seat at the table. Have somebody inside to look what's going on. Now, in, in a year, and we see, look, ain't nothing changed. He ain't did nothing but made dope entertainment specials. All right, now we know. 
But again, that's your timeline a year. He gets one year to see some progress. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, just start implementing something. Like, you can't just be sitting there now. I mean, like like I said, like, if you're just sitting there and putting on dope concerts every uh, Sunday, you know, that's that's, that's, that's something different. But get about a year. In my book, I I give them a year. And let let a person see. You know, I ain't going to just be like, all right, here, you don't know how to swim. Put this 15-pound lead vest on the ground. No, you know, I'm going to help you a little bit. I'm going to give you a chance, give you some rope. So, you know, that's me. That's that's my, my opinion on it. I see nothing. I see nothing. I'm willing to take any bets on anyone who wants to say that Jay's going to do anything about social justice working with NFL. I'll take any bets to that. That shit ain't happening. That's as you said. He's a businessman, and no one has ever profited from getting justice for black people. It's always just a trend. He sells al- albums talking about it, but there's not really no justice. For black people, I don't. I don't know about that though. I think that rap lyrics and and selling CDs and definitely being a crossover artist allows for that though. Like I don't. I don't think that. Um, I don't believe. Jay Z is not going to to have social justice messages prevalent in in his rock in, in his rock nation and deal with the NFL. Like I I believe that um you got to work you got to work some of that social justice in from the inside out. Like some of that's got to be working on from the inside out. Being real with y'all, like you got to put your foot in the door. And then you got to be at that table hearing that shit and then correcting their ass when you're at the table. Like, like oh, oh, y'all forgot I was in the room, huh? That shit ain't going down. You know what I'm saying? Because just him being at the table or in the room automatically starts correcting social justice because people start to be politically correct when you start to think about it. When you in a room, have you ever been in a room full of white people, which I believe everybody on this, on this call has, been the only black person in the room and they say some shit? And they, then they, oh, oh, we're so sorry. We didn't mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, that automatically starts to make them start thinking about shit ahead of time. So just being at the table starts that conversation about social justice. Because when you're not at the table, shit, social injustice happens all day. But when you're at the table or you're in that room, social justice, the, the conversation about social justice starts. You know what I'm saying? It's just... The more the more we get into spaces, the better social justice will become because we got to get into spaces. We're not in spaces where social injustice happens. Right. You know, we 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 avoid ourselves. We avoid shit um, around social and social injustice. We don't go. We don't run to that that organization or we don't run to that um that company and try to get a job. You know what I'm saying? Like. If you got to fucking cut your dreads to get into a, a, a job to help break down social barriers and social justice, then fuck it, do it. Because when you get in the door, it already starts to work. It's keeping us out of those social, those social, those social um, platforms and social uh, areas. And, yeah, and yeah. companies 
we don't we we can't we can't we can't do anything. So if it takes you to do something extreme to get there, do it. Once you're there, you got to use your time to do it. You know what I'm saying? Every time, every I guarantee you, working for someone that has never worked for a black, never worked with a black person before, you gotta do your best work forward, so that person can judge you. They're judging your race based off of you. I know it's fucked up, but they're judging your race off of you. So if you working with a, if you working with a bunch of people that never worked with black people before, and you're the only black person they know, work your ass off to show that black people aren't lazy and break down these social barriers and these things. They'll be like, you know what? I work with Deshaun. I work with Quentin. I work with these guys on a regular basis. Because what happens is, if you're the first black person that worked at this company and they want to hire another black person and you didn't do your job, you're less likely to hire a black person again because of their experience with you. So Sounds like racism. We already know that. Well, I mean, that's what it is. It's like, it's like the clear definition of racism. Like, you but, judge I mean, one person. Here's the thing. Race. We know what we know, right? We know that racism exists, and we know that most of the, the viewpoints of African Americans come from what the little that the people in white America do see of African Americans, right? And what Ooh. is that? Our celebrities, our entertainers, our television shows, or the, the depiction of television shows and the news, mostly. But that, 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 those five-minute clips that they may see or 30-minute episodes cannot speak for the entirety of a whole race. But when it does, because that's all you get from, like, middle America, like Utah. I mean, you contact people coming into Utah with African-Americans, right? In middle America, in, like, cornfields, like, how many contact are you coming in with African-Americans? So they already have this depiction of stereotypical depiction of us because of what they see on television. And then when they do actually come in contact, they're like, oh, good upstanding citizen. Let me go ahead. Like, why was this even a, a thing at some point? Because I was miseducated. So I think that, like Smitty said, having that opportunity to have somebody at the table, to have a, a, a face that's like ours, someone that's like us, sit at this table and start to speak and start to s- making these changes or suggesting these changes is a is a is a good first step we still all need to do our part cap need to still continue to do his part i mean i know people are outrageous because cap don't have a job cap did settle we don't know what the settlement agreement was about because he ain't came out and told us the settlement agreement granted that could have been a part of the settlement agreement we don't know about but i'm I, you know, just going out here and you know vilifying Jay Z and calling him a sellout. Like I personally don't think it's a sellout. You know, but people are calling him one. So, you know, I know y'all got y'all feelings, but y'all like don't y'all think sellout is a bit far? Yeah, I wouldn't call him a sellout. I think he's just another, as I said before, just another black man trying to get money for the NFL. Kaepernick, Kaepernick is a black man trying to get money for the NFL. All these. Football players are just black men trying to get money for the NFL. So no, I don't consider him a sellout. If that was the case, then you have to you have to vilify all the black people, all the black quarterbacks who went into the league this year to be like, oh, you gonna go for the play football when Kaepernick is still can't play? So no, I don't think he's a sellout. 
I just my my biggest point is like I don't think he's gonna do anything. I think they should just call it this is Rock Nation Entertainment and just get rid of that social justice platform that he's trying to say. You know, that's my point. Okay. So, we'll go on the next topic. Well, for sure, for sure. Let's go. Let's, let's move it on. Smith, you got any last parting words? Guess that's a no. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess we might as well go ahead and go on to the next topic, uh, which is sticks and stones. Yeah, I was on mute. Stones. He was on mute. Uh, mm-hmm. well, so sticks and stones. What sticks and stones? Sticks and stones. Dave Chappelle, uh, comedy st- sketch that was on Netflix, which is at Rotten Tomatoes, thirty-eight percent. Critics. That's the critics. Is that critics or that's the critics. Yeah. Last Tomatoes. time I looked at it, it was it was pretty high. Yeah, but I thought it was for in the viewers. 90s. Viewers, it was yeah. in the nineties. Like oh, when I seen it, it was ninety-nine, but I haven't seen it yeah. lately. Is that is that the same as Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, it was Rotten Tomatoes, but yes. they got a okay. critic section and then they got a viewers like what the what the, what the public think. Like critics is going to be like the New York Times, the Washington Post, all those that do entertainment reviews, what they thought of it. Got it. I heard a lot of negative yeah. things about so that. So the audience score is ninety nine percent. The critics is down to twenty three percent. Twenty three percent. Ah, yeah. I heard a lot of people talking about the criticism that he got from him. I was like, well, he's a comedian, and I feel like some people think that comedians should be able to conform to, like, basically have to watch what they say. I feel like, nope, comedians can say whatever they want, and I don't care. I mean, that's my thought, is the whole point of being a comedian was you do satire and you do, you know, your sets in with you know, you, you hint around the truth, you touch on the truth, but like, I mean, you say what the masses don't have the voice to say, like you're a comedian. Like, censoring comedians is like, is that really where we're going to go next thing? You know, we're going to have a, a circle burning books. So, like, I mean, because the slightest thing is offending people, which, I mean, if you watch the comedy special, which I found hilarious, he wasn't lying on anything he was talking about in there. Like, it was like real life, it was truth, and well, it's his truth. Well, it's his truth, but I mean, I think a lot of people agree with some of his truths that he was speaking about in that comedy special. And I, you know, I just, I just thought it was, I thought it was a brilliant piece of work. I, I enjoyed it, even though Juice Juicy Smoulier thought that was truth. <laughs> that. That was so true, though. Like, we didn't say anything. Like, as well, I want to mention this part. There ain't no rope in Chicago. I just recently came back to Chicago, and there's no rope. Right. Listen. Listen. He didn't say he got up out of his bed at two o'clock in the morning to get Harold's. That man got out of his bed at two o'clock in the morning to go get Subway. Subway. He went to go get a Subway club, light on the onions and banana peppers with extra like uh, Chipotle Southwest sauce. No, nah, in minus sixteen degree weather, was, that shit don't yes. make no sense. I don't give a shit. I don't give a fuck who you is. That shit doesn't make no sense. And then it was two black people 
that just so happened to be walk or two white people happened to walk down the street also in negative 16 degree weather wearing fucking MAGA hats in one of the most liberal cities on America wearing MAGA hats and just so happened to know that you is a star on Empire who the fuck watch Empire if they wear MAGA hats they're not watching Empire Right, and they also know your bio of you being a gay black rapper or the gay Tupac. Like, like we, we yeah. really? They they know that those MAGA supporters know they know this, right? Like that's <laughs> for real. Come on, it was a, yeah, it was a huge publicity stunt. I think they he must still must be going to court sometime soon. Yeah, because they they supposedly re like opened up some of the sealed documents, and the police wasn't happy about the prosecutor. They, they were not uh, going through with charges. Police was not happy at all. So, uh, listen, you know, he was funny and he brought up very good points. And black people was like, mm, "No, no, we just gonna shut the hell up on this one." Like, mm, yeah, mm, nope, you know, no, 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 want to be out there. Well, what about I, saying? What about saying the f word? Can we no longer say the f word? Well. Well, we should probably, you know, lay off of it, right? I, you know, I get like he he brought up a point, like you know, people have been using it, and like I didn't mean it like that, but I, I did, but ah, oh, you know, but like, listen, some things, you know, as far as his comedy special was concerned, I thought it was hilarious, and I enjoyed his comedy special, and he kind of just voices some of the things. Just in passing, come up and think of when when those when this uh new phrase or this new sensitivity era come about, like you start seeing things and you just oh, like, all right. But but I appreciate it. He just you know he just said what you might think in passing. Yeah, but I mean some it. things. Yeah, okay, it for the better. Like I mean, twenty years ago, fifteen years ago, ten years ago, like things were said, but it's progressing forward, right? Like so, some things you, you should keep in the realm of sensitivity about how others may feel. Other than that, but what? you're trying to censor comedy now. No, nah, I'm just trying to censor our ourselves in a regular place. They've been trying to do that for years, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. back in since way back. Paul Moody, so they're always trying to censor comedy. Yeah, that's but the, I, I think that's the only one that they can't censor. I mean, I or mean, they're having a hard time to censor, and Kevin Hart yeah. paid the price for something he tweeted 10 years ago. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, those are powerful groups, right? <laughs> those are powerful coalition of people and groups. So I, I don't know. We'll see. I just think trying to cancel people in this whole cancel culture in- industry right now is a little bit nuts and a little bit crazy and just, it's going too far. Uh, and then he even addressed that, like, cancel culture. Like, you can't really cancel people. Yeah. Especially not. Like, like what are you doing? Like, you... Like in order to like you've already listened to me to cancel me and so you just big me up. So I like how are you canceling me? So I don't know what you, what y'all feel about that. And cancel culture in general as well. What canceling culture? Cancel culture. Are you saying canceling culture? No, I'm saying cancel culture. You know what cancel culture is? No. So cancel culture is basically when Somebody step out of line and do some Twitter, usually black Twitter, 
get or just people in, in in like social media and industry get on there and just call for the firing, call for the beheading, call for the bewitching of a person. Similar what just happened to Jay Z, they kind of was like, oh, going out there a little bit of cancel culture. Uh, cancel culture is kind of getting. I don't know, Smitty, give me somebody that that was been canceled recently. Wait, Black Twitter canceled someone. Black Twitter cancel people on a daily basis, depending on what you say. Oh, got it. Nope, I'm not on Black Twitter. Maybe I should get on there. It's not. <laughs> I'm not on there either. Don't feel bad. Uh, what you about to say, Smitty? I say I'm not on Black. I'm not on Black Twitter either. So, I think um, one of the things he talked about was Louis C.K. Right in the in the Dave Chappelle stand up. Um, that was a, I mean, uh, they do that all the time. I mean, Lucy K, Kevin Hart, they all are, are being, are, uh, they, these, these, um, these movements are trying to, to censor America. And to me, it relates back to McCarthyism, right? Back in, in the 60s when we were, when we were searching for communists, right? Everybody was communist, right? Mm-hmm. Well, everybody's a sexual harasser. Everybody's a, a homophobe. Everybody's this. Everybody's that, right? And we got to get rid of these people. We're seeking them out. Well, I think, I think we we're over we're overusing, over abusing some of the things that make us who we are, right? We all, we all say, I want people to be honest with me. But my fear to be honest with you will require, if I'm, if I'm scared to be honest because I fear retribution, I'm not going to be honest. Um, and so the fact is that everybody wants to go after everybody. Somebody says something, oh, we got to get rid of them. Let this shit go. People are going to say stuff. People are going to have their opinions. That's the whole point of us being American. I can say what the fuck I want to say, and you can't do shit about it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I just think that... It's not really true, because, you know, uh, you say something, like, at least these white people, they're they're saying racist shit, and people figuring out who they are, and they're getting fired from their jobs. Cancel culture. Oh, that's part of yeah. cancel culture too. That's part of it. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not, listen, this is this. I, I'll be the first person to say this. What you said did it hurt me? Absolutely. Do I want your ass fired? Absolutely. But, but do I? Will I defend the right for you to say it? Absolutely, because you can say that shit. It's gonna be hurtful. This is this is why we this is why we have this as Americans. That's why we have freedom of speech. Countries that are censored. You talk to China, right? China's censored. Right? Like they can't say anything. They can't protest. They can't. They can't rise up against people, right? Um, that's the that's the place we we're we're, we're the way we are doing this that we're going to go to if we don't stop trying to censor people. You know what I'm saying, like. Let people say what the fuck they're going to say. You know not to fuck with them. 
if they if they if, if they gonna want to say some shit that's racist, don't fuck with them. Like I, I ain't saying fire their ass. Don't fuck with them. I'm not gonna fuck with your company. If you want, if you, that's a choice I get to make because I got the freedom to make that choice. Right. You know what I'm saying? But he should have the right to say it. Like the like a company can decide decide that I don't want to have that kind of person around me. But he has the right to say it, and everybody has the right to say what the fuck they want to say. Except for when you you can't cause a riot, but um, well, the government claims that this freedom of speech is the thing that's possibly causing all these mass shootings. All these people are like talking on their social media, whether it's the, on the dark web or they're colluding and saying they're making these mass shootings and they're planning all these attacks through freedom of speech. So should there so, be some type of sensory? I'm glad you pivoted to that point. Right? So I'm glad you. Our next top one on the on on the discussion block is mass shooting, and I'm glad that you um that you brought that up. Uh, I I think that mass shootings is related to propaganda. Uh, propaganda uh, it's also it part of freedom is, of speech freedom of propaganda I'm, I'm not I'm not saying it's not part of it's, it's propaganda and people have to want to find the truth because you because it's propaganda you that doesn't that doesn't make it that doesn't make it true you gotta want to seek the truth your, you know, what I'm saying people have these mass these mass shooters have a skewed a skewed view of the world. They if do. I sit in a, my 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 room all day and not interact with people, so all I hear is what you tell me. I'm going to take it as truth. Yeah, but that we know if they just took a few minutes to research that topic, they find out that's some bull crap and. Um, and these delusions may be, um, maybe uh, dispersed, but when you live in a when you live live in a delusional state, and all you hear is propaganda, that become your reality. And if I if I'm if I'm looking at that, and I'm just doing that on a regular basis, it's you like my I'm I I want I want to kill some people because. They are fucking up the world, and this is an <laughs> but you are living in a in a small bubble. Because all I hear is Im- immigrants. Immigrants are stealing. Immigrants are causing crime. Immigrants are doing this. That's all I'm doing. Mentally, I've zoned in on a group of people that it it may be only it may be fifteen crimes that has been spread into multiple multiple segments on the same propaganda. Right, and all you thinking it's, it's 15 different it's, it's a million different crimes but it's really only 15 because of how they how they set you up and um and present the information to you is is making these people go and live in a delusional state and i just i don't i just wish that people would actually research what they're actually reading before they go out and shoot but that's asking a lot for somebody who's delusional. 
Well, I mean, I just think these people, like you said, just they they feed themselves with propaganda. They get delusional. They are stay, stuck in their room. There's, you can tell in their manifestos that they write and they come out like how they, you know, just what they're saying and how they feel is just you know, it's, it's biased information. It's just it's bullshit that they're being fed and they're going out here and taking it. You know, out on these innocent people. I mean, the last couple of show- shootings has been babies, literal babies, like eighteen month olds and and seven year olds. Like it's been kids that are just dying. This wasn't like in a school. This is just in public settings in Walmart. Like I'm not afraid to go to a Walmart because I'm in the aisle trying to buy some dish detergent and eggs, and I get an AK-47 bullet in the back of my head, all because of the color of my skin. All because I believe in this group and don't believe in that group. Like this, you know, it's just it's just wild. And you know, I don't know. I, I I don't know if I have an answer. I don't know if I even you know have a any kind of solution going forward to what to do about the gun problem and the mass shooting problem in this country. Um, we have gun control. I don't know how more how what's the better way to implement our gun control. But we have gun control. I have it. I think Dave Chappelle said it. If you arm all of black America with guns, they will quickly change the gun laws. It was a a funny comment, but it was also a true comment, because I really do believe that. That's what happened in the Black Panther Party when we actually had when we actually had registered guns. We had they seen all these black people walking around Oakland, California with all these guns and they quickly change the gun laws. See, I on one on one hand I agree with that, but then on the other hand, we might actually get the NRA to just to back us up for once in our lives and then what? Once the NRA step in, that's a wrap. The government's gonna be on their side. So I I have a different spin on on some of the gun laws. I think the gun laws are are a little bit restrictive, right? Where um, we have built these gun-free zones. We have built these gun-free zones to allow these delusional people. First off, they're delusional until they're planning shit. <laughs> right. When they plan it, they know what they're doing. Right. Um. So we have created these gun-free zones that um that causes us to um. To cause causes these people to have free places to kill people without without a somebody with some opposite force to stop. So first off, I think just the kind of level set is to to get rid of gun free zones, okay? Because if if people are carrying guns, people are less likely. To 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 want to create a imagine a place where there's a, a um where there's people possibly carrying guns because they don't know if somebody's carrying a gun or not. Um, so I like I I like how Texas does some of their their gun their their gun free zones. Um, Texas has two laws, the thirty dot six and the thirty dot seven laws, right? There's actually 30.06 and 30.07. 30. Um, 
0.06 keeps you from open carry, right? So a place has to post a sign that says you can't. The dirtiest carry in place, right? But if you got a 30, if they don't have a 30.7, you can carry concealed in that place. Vice versa, if you have a 30.7 sign, you can't carry concealed in that place, you can carry open in that place. But they usually go hand in hand. Either person will have the 30.6, the 30.06 sign, and not the 30.7. I've never seen it where they have the 30.7 sign and not the 30.6. Um, but I think it should be a choice based on individual businesses to determine whether or not they allow guns in those businesses and schools and sanctuary. Like our universities on in Texas allows you to have your weapon on you. So unless they have a sign on the door, like these are individual like campuses that can choose whether or not to do that. Minimizing the gun-free zone. So as you know, as you move further and further from gun-free zones to gun-approved zones, people, you will less likely get these folks with these mass shootings because they're, they're, they're getting, these, these states are getting smart with these gun laws allowing like peace officers to carry guns and allowing people to do that. I think it should be individual. I think it should be an individual, um, individual business or school or sanctuary to allow guns or not. I don't, because if you have, if you have, let me put this, they're on the ground, right? You know, if, if a parent or a child is delusional at a ground, but I can't bring my gun to school because because I, I it's against the law. You know what I'm saying? You are they, these folks are on the ground. Like what you, you can't protect people because you can't be everywhere. The government can't be everywhere. So let individual people decide. When I say people, I mean businesses private-owned establishments and public establishments decide whether or not to allow guns in their arena because they're closer to the problem than everybody else. So, people, I got a question, two questions on that. So, how many mass shootings have were there and has there been in Texas? I can think of three, but there's probably a lot more. I know there was the... Mm-hmm. There was a one that just happened in El Paso, and the one that just happened in Midland. There's probably more in Texas. How, right. many, mm-hmm. how many mass shootings in Texas did a civilian take out the shooter? Y'all are open carry state. Y'all, y'all are y'all have the the most lenient gun laws. Yet I mm-hmm. never hear someone saying, "Oh yeah, civilian." Killed the active shooter, like everyone's claiming. Oh, if everyone had that, killed. was it was one, it was one in um, in uh, the Springfield Church in Texas. Yeah, it was like it was like two years ago in November. Okay, one the young man that was the Marine, wasn't that Texas too? We uh, he had his he had his concealed carry that was in the mall helping kids get out. Wasn't that Texas or was that another state? I don't, I don't 
recall that one off the top I know of the Waffle House in North Carolina. Yeah, but he wasn't armed. He he just took him down. Yeah, he took he he disarmed. Yeah, and salute to that. I mean, I'm sorry we butchering. We don't you know call your name, but salute but, to him and to all the other people. But that's, I, that's, that's, this is what I'm getting at, right? This is what I'm getting at. Um, the laws have changed, and those places that are no longer gun free have not had a tax since then, right? If you allow gun free zones, I'm looking. So I'm looking. In Texas, school sh- like uh, um, school shootings. Um, I'm surprised. I mean, you got school shootings. You got the you got the Walmart and the and the um, and the uh, the movie theater. They don't allow most movie theaters don't allow you to have guns. But as you create these gun free zones, um, it uh, it hinders. It hinders you from protecting yourself. I, you know, I just, I, you know, you got, you got, you got two extremes, right? Like, I'm more for allowing me to carry, allowing me to carry in places to protect, protect myself. Because if I'm armed, if I'm one of the individuals armed, I'm more likely to take out a shoot. That's the first thing. Second, um. On the extreme is, hey, fucking tax the hell out of the bullets. Make them, make them, un, make them unpurchables, unpurchasable, and you can stop shootings. You may, hey, like they said back in the day, you when gas went up, they stopped drive-by shootings. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so, see, okay, my thing about, like I said, I am a a, a supporter of being able to carry. Having the right to carry, I'm pissed off. I can't carry now, or I can, but I, I wish Chicago, Illinois had a reciprocity law like some other states do. But or not, but but you know, when you have these stringent gun laws, it really only hurts w- one person, and that is the average citizen who could protect themselves if and they had a choice to, if and they was able to go into these gun free zones, if and they was able to, you know, carry at church and in these other areas but like what happens is right now okay places where you could buy firearms are starting to restrict them walmart can't buy firearms can't buy ammo they limit the amount of ammo you can buy ammo prices always go up which in turn affects the person who you know the average citizen who is maybe uh, a hunter or a uh you know just competitive shooting those type of things you want home protection like I think it like I said, I don't know if I truly have a solution or you know to this problem. I mean, obviously it's a mat it's a large problem. It's only increased since we've been in high school or been out of high school with the start of it. I mean it's always been mass shootings, but like the start of it being Columbine when we were in high school and then going forward. Um it's sad to see these schools shot up and these kids and even having kids today go see, to I, I think everybody misses I think everybody misses mass shooting it's only became a it's only been recognized since columbine but mass shootings happened all the time all the time mass shootings happen all the time no i'm yeah. saying i'm serious like yeah no, a, all uh, the time mass shootings happen all the time. like when when, when in, the, in the 90s in the early late 80s and the early 90s when you had gang violence that is mass shooting that's mass shooting 
they did not. They, it was called gang violence. Well, see, what what happens is is this is a new term to coin it to get behind like the war on drugs or like the opioid epidemic is not because it hit white America. It became a problem. So you know you got to put this pretty turn on it. But any these people are called spree shooters, and any anybody that killed more than three people at any given setting, or really more than one person in any given setting, is not a mass shooter. I thought it was four. Three to four. But if you kill more than those amount of people in a single setting, now you're a spree killer, now you're a mass killer. But that's been happening for years. It's just now we have social media, or now we're more, it's more fear propaganda to like go out there and then take this and just run back. And we do need acknowledgement of it, but it has been going on for a long time. It's just Columbine. Like maybe what we haven't had was school mass shootings, although even in the 70s, 70s we had Kent State, so and that was by the government. So we've had mass shootings, we had we had these mass killings. I think making it harder for civilians to protect themselves just makes us open target. I know a lot of these kids are going out to, or those who are younger are going out to buy guns um, at 18 and can go to certain spots. Maybe we change that law to make 21 to buy a gun so we can help us for the younger generation. But still, this is not saying they can't get it off the street. It's not saying they can't steal it from people who are registered gun owners. It's not saying, that, like, you know, so you still have those. And, like, the Las Vegas, the guy that was a Las Vegas shooter, I mean, he was a collector. You know, he, he had an arsenal. Although I got my opinion about that. You know, I think that was conspiracy theory, and I think that was government involved. But whatever. But, you know... Like he he had a collection of, of weapons. He had an arsenal, and so like I like I said, I just I'm not sure where to go from this. I just don't think the answer is making it harder for civilians to be able to protect themselves. Yeah. My question is, like y'all talk about uh, having a free having a free zone. I don't know if I'm comfortable of having my child go to a school that other people can carry a gun because first of all, you know, my kid, he's six he's about to be six years old and he's in Taekwondo. And I know as my kid is a black boy, raised being raised and is gonna learn how to know how to fight and defend himself. Him going to a high school as a I black boy well, he will be a data can't fight. Yeah, but he will be a threat. white people will be scared of him. So for me to say, like, oh, yes, you can carry guns to a school that my kid got, I'm like, no, because they're already scared. They're going to be scared of him. And that's that. That's not because he knows Taekwondo. He's going to know Taekwondo. It's just because he's a black boy. So I'm not cool with that. That that has to be some free gun free areas for that reason alone. And that's why they have school shootings, because parents like you. Well, I'm sorry. They have Ch- to do. Why can't go and know how to fight? Ain't gonna protect your ass from no goddamn bullet. I know, but I'm. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that me as a my son being a black boy, he is already a threat. He is already guilty in the white people's eyes. So, I don't disagree. I so don't putting, disagree with so you. Allowing a gun in that in my child's school, no. Then he's. I feel like he would be a target. I disagree with you on that part because we're not this this is where we're not this is what we're not saying right this is what I'm not saying I'm saying that 
we if I know my teacher is caring starting at six, I'm less likely to shoot up my school because I, I know people are caring. It is a strong deterrent when you know somebody got a gun versus when I know it's free. I can walk into school, metal detector free, start spraying up the school because parents like you are saying, I don't want my kid. I don't want. I'm scared my kid is gonna get shot because he's he's black or he's a bad kid. The teacher's gonna get upset and shoot him. Like that is out. That is outlandish. Uh, there's <laughs> actually outlandish. a lot of there's actually a lot of white teachers down in the south beating black boys. So you don't think that they would pull a gun on them too? There was actually a uh, uh, a court case I, where listen, a I'm not saying I'm not saying hung. That. A black child and got off. So yes, they will try to kill him. Now I'm going to arm him with a gun. No, no, I'm not going to make it easy for you to kill my my son. Sorry, no. But the teacher can bring a gun and kill your son now. Not if it's a free zone. If Wait, I, you want me to? You I, want me to I'm tell my son to bring listen, a gun to a school? If I'm out to kill your kid, saying? I'm going to kill your kid. Yes. Oh, like, so, I, so what, what you're saying is listen, I should arm we, my son. I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you this right here. Do you know if your teacher, if the teacher at your at your kid's school, carry a, a gun in her purse? I do not know that. Okay. So what's the difference? What's the difference? If I knew that she has it, then I would not. He would not be in the school. She still may not carry it. She still may not carry it. So what's the point you're making? My point is. If I if I allow it or I don't allow it, you don't know. Like you don't know. Well, if I if they allow it, then they would tell. Like, okay, I'm a. They're not gonna to tell you. It's a concealed carry. You're not gonna know. Yeah, they, they don't. They don't gotta tell you. All they're you not would know, tell you. All you would know is that the school itself allowed you to have a gun on campus. That all. That's all you will know. Oh, then I, I'll be like, well, my kid's not going to that school unless my unless my kid can carry too. Because that's just he's that's not old kid. enough to carry a teacher who he's is not. scared of black boys can carry a gun. But me, but my son, who's always looked at as a criminal, cannot carry a gun. No, he's too young to carry a gun. No, no. Well, that's why I want no one to have guns in school. Uh, like I, I, I wouldn't like I would appreciate more, uh, uh you know, more trained. Uh, people in schools to handle those situations to a bring gun awareness to children and you know as a safety protocol let them know even in their own home environments whoever if their family members have guns to like hey this is safety about guns to be okay around it but also to have somebody that's close in case of a mass shooting situation or an active shooter situation that can help at least mitigate until law enforcement or first responders arrive but at this point where we at is if your child, if your school doesn't have or church or large setting doesn't have an armed security officer or a police officer on patrol, you got to wait till first responders respond. At best, I mean, I think the best time I've heard is ninety seconds. You know thirty people, seconds in Ohio. Okay, so thirty seconds. But you know how many people you can kill in thirty seconds? Yeah, you killed. I think you killed nine in thirty seconds. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like now, that was Ohio. 
Imagine trying to get through the middle small town, Ohio. Look, imagine trying to get to the day, like through all that traffic in the Dan Ryan to get to a school on the south side or downtown for a first responder. You're probably looking at two to three minutes. So, I mean, I would like, I would like if you have more patrol with, you know, police, more police presence that, you know, you got that issue. So, like I said, I mean, don't know if I have a solution. Um, I just got my concerns. Uh, I do what I do think should be involved for those who are carrying guns is like our next topic suggests is, you know, it's just mental health, right? Mental health is big or I appreciate, well, let me put it. I appreciate today more people are coming out and expressing that they've had some kind of mental health, either um, issue, concern, they have starting to talk to therapists more. And I think around this gun uh, shooting, mass shooting episode, I think more stringent mental health checks may be a, a way to go. Like in my eyes, if everybody who owned a firearm had to submit to monthly or every bi- biannually, so twice a year, CAT scans and psyche valves to keep your license, that might be a way to go. Um, and like some of these, like you know, some of these people, you know, if you can talk to them, like you can see people start going down a trend or starting going to a manic state. And if you can have somebody to say, okay, I was in, they was in front of me the first of the year, they was uh, and then in front of me again into the fourth quarter of the year, and like I see a pattern change, and I was able to talk to them, and I don't think this time right now they should be able to renew their license, and I think it should be further checks on them. Those people that hold, hold firearms. That's my mass shooting piece. As far as you know, I just I just think that might be a help. What y'all what y'all, what y'all feel about that? So mental health as it cup relates to the mass shootings. Yeah, for start. My thing is how many of these mass shootings actually have mental health issues. I don't think they had mental health issues. I think they they took on the rhetoric that they heard from someone on TV or in the black media. They were perfectly sound. They knew what they were doing, and they did what they did. I don't think that was a a ment- that would not that would not if they actually went to a psych evaluation. I do not think they would be picked up on mental health unless they unless one of the psych evaluation saying, "Hey, do you are you a racist or do you hate a certain." Certain race of people, if that's considered mental health, then yes, that would catch it. But all those other ones, they—I don't think it would have caught all these mass shootings or all these mass, these mass killers. Well, I mean, nothing is absolute, right? Like I don't—I don't think you catch a hundred percent, you know, ten out of ten. But I feel that maybe speaking to a Dylan Roof, who had this grudge. And especially those who write manifestos who come out and say, hey, I did this because of the color of their skin. Having these people, you know, be able to talk to people or have psych evaluations, have CAT scans, to do brain images, those things will show up when you're speaking to them. Now, on that caveat, I know a lot of these people I just mentioned or some of these people weren't old enough to be registered gun carriers. Or, well, I guess some of them was 18. But if you had that option or if you had that as a criteria to be able to purchase a firearm, 
I think you could help mitigate some of these um, be, some of these incidents before they become manic or before they become um, to the point where you know they're acting out like intervene with some kind of psychology like you know like and take take Nipsey Hussle for, for instance right Nipsey was gunned down by somebody who was recently released from prison who had mental health issues who was diagnosed with mental health issues and yet you know he was walking the street and had this, this much rage and hostility built up towards this one man all because this man said hey you know we don't really get along like that because i don't like how you deal with other people or other of our, our associates so i think addressing people mental health or at least addressing it when it comes to firearm owners and carriers i think would be good and i especially think more people more people in the black community and well in communities in general especially in the black community definitely need to seek mental health assistance or just to speak to one for self-care purposes smitty so as a as a person who has seen mental health firsthand, I had um, an aunt that was schizophrenic, and I have an uncle that's schizophrenic. Um, it it is it's the first thing we need to do is make awareness and educate people on it. Mm-hmm. especially in in the black community right where where that is frowned upon right like like you cannot seek help in the black community and being black and being mentally unstable no you know you talk you, just, you, talk, you talk down upon if you oh, i'll go therapist what are you crazy or or no or just like if you do need help right like oh he always been like that yeah <laughs> Like yeah, it, that's it, the phrase. It it never it never goes to let's get him help, right? My uncle, thank God my mother um you know uh got my uncle help, but it's not it's definitely not like I'm growing up, I remember my uncle been my uncle has been mentally unstable for I would say all my life, man. Um, my uncle, it, it was just my uncle. And he he would watch me. He would, you know, he would, my mother worked, he would come over and, and do things. But my uncle was really mentally unstable. And, um, you know, I would call him a functioning, um, you know, a functioning mentally unstable person. But it just progressively get worse, and we just don't. We just don't. Um, as black people, don't take it seriously. It's just it's it, we we push it on the rug. We talk. We 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 blow. We blow past that situation really quickly. Oh yeah, my brother's in the hospital, but we don't say what he's in the hospital for. You don't say. We don't bring awareness to that. Um, by no means, shape, or form, we do not, we do not talk about that. If you got, if you got somebody 
in your family that's mentally uh, that's mentally unstable, you kind of you push them in the background. You you um, you don't talk about it. You don't want to you don't want you don't want to drive them to their you don't want to drive them to a psychology appointment. You don't want to do anything like that. And um, it, it's it's extremely extremely hard in the black community to talk about your mental instability even with your family even if you even that we are enlightened right i would consider us consider the three the three of us very enlightened right like i can come to you and say i can come to you and say hey i am struggling with depression and i'm gonna say damn you all are saying like that what I'm gonna you say, say what? Man, you always been like that. I'm like, I knew something was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you crazy dumb motherfucker. I knew it. Uh, no, no, not him. But, but even me coming to you all, right? It's even a struggle to come to you. Even if you knew, like, if I was like, I have, I'm suffering from depression, fellas. I'm really, I'm suffering depression. I want to kill myself, right? Like you, like, oh, Smitty, you know, Smitty really going through it. Smitty really going through it. But nobody's really gonna seek out help. Just like, oh, he's not gonna do. It. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, it, and it's sad that we're like that. But we really, really need to. We need to make it. We need to make you you identifying your mental instability as an okay state. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. Like, and you don't have to in mental mental disease or mental instability does not have to be like it doesn't have to be depression it doesn't have to be suicidal it doesn't have to be schizophrenia it doesn't have to be it can be it can be bouts of rage right you can like mental instability is can range from anything where you need to seek professional help you know where you may be controlling and you, you know, you're a controlling person and have an attitude and mad at the world that you probably need to seek mental. You probably need to talk to somebody about that. It's not necessarily saying that you're crazy, but for 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 the reasonable, prudent person, that is not normal. Right? So it's just it's just to, just to talk out those anomalies in your life. That's really what it's about. You know, it's not necessarily you going to be crazy. It's just seeking help, professional right. help. When you have those moments where you're like, you know what? You know, somebody says something to me, I'm just angry, you know? And we, you need to talk professionally. They can help you. They can help you give you techniques to overcome those, those struggles. Time, whatever it is, go out there and seek it. But you got to understand that it's not related to like those those causes that are identified. It can be it can be a wide range of stuff, you know, that you need to talk to a psychiatrist about. Well, I mean, I, you know. And I agree. And just to piggyback on what you're saying, it's like it is a wide range of things. It doesn't even have to necessarily be a diagnosis, um, access for diagnosis. Like it could just be um, just in in light of self care. Like you're dealing with an an incumbent amount of stress or stress, or you're dealing with new situations. You're dealing with change. And what a lot of people don't realize is that 
you are experiencing a lot of secondary trauma um, on your own, just in, because of your environment. While it may not be affecting you, like Jeff, Jeff, you probably don't know this, but basically our conversations that we have, especially the things that you see in the media about African-American males, African-American women being killed and being harmed and police brutality, that's secondary trauma to you because now it has you as a heightened and enlightened state because of this constant bombardment of you hearing this in, in the media or constant fear for your children that you have, especially since they're young African-American males and to grow up. Now, this is, you know, trauma for like me, previous jobs that I've had and careers I've had where I've constantly firsthand heard about this terrible abuse that happened to children or seeing elderly folks passed away because of their medical condition. Like that's secondary trauma that weighs on you, but like it's not directly affecting you because it's not happening to you. You know, it wasn't a family member or such things like that, but you're taking all that in, you're consuming all this. And sometimes you need an outlet to just speak to somebody to say, Hey, I'm dealing with this. You know, let me get a neutral person to speak to. And like you said, sometimes going to friends and family members, you know, they just, Oh, you'll be all right. Or, Oh man, suck that shit up. Like, you know, it's quickly to dismiss it, and that's how you know issues grow up. And you're just like, all right, well, fucking, I'm gonna drink this bottle of gin, and I'm gonna swallow these pills, and you know, all right, I'm just gonna take it how I do it. I'm gonna smoke this blunt, you know, I'd be all right, not knowing that there's a deeper rooted issue that you know could be simply addressed just by talking to somebody weekly or biweekly or however. So. Any uh, any closing points? Any last statements on this uh, topic, fellas? Do not. Um, just make sure that you um, you reach out to your county health professionals um, in your county if you have any uh, if you need any type of mental health or mental mental clarity. Uh, and it's okay as black men, black women, as people to seek uh, professional help, even if it's just to talk to see if you need to seek professional help. Right. And uh, and that's what I was gonna say. Thank you, Smitty. Like for our rules for our for rules for this shit segment is, please, you know, like Smitty said, reach out to your local mental health. If you got an access community living center, if you got um, you know community mental health centers. You can go to United Two One One, check with your local hospitals, your local clinicians, um, school social workers. There's a million of people that you can talk to. Um, I know a great app and or website is a uh, um, Talkspeak. You know dot com. You can go on there and talk to people. There's crisis hotlines. Um, it's okay to talk to people, especially just to address. Just a neutral party. Even if you just want to bounce things off, it's okay to talk to people. Don't be ashamed. Don't feel ashamed. Don't make other people, like, you going to go talk to somebody, don't make other people's opinions and thoughts and, you know, skew you away from that because what's important is your self-care. Jay, you got anything else? No, I'm good. You sure? You like yeah. you got something on your mind. You good? I'm good. I don't got nothing on my mind. All right. I about that. All right. Well, listen, fellas, I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. To the listeners, thank you again. You know, this is, you know, uh, a dream come true for us to just be able to speak to y'all. So 
please, you know, continue to listen, continue to support. Uh, the social media is up there. Fuck your feelings. Um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter coming soon. So, peace. Um, and, you know, fuck your feelings. All right, one. So, yeah.